Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, Managing Partner, CEO of Cordell and Cordell, and we continue to bring this to you twice every week. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes. You'll get uh, you'll get notified and when a new podcast is uh, dropped. And you can continue to listen to these podcasts and keep in mind that this does not take the place of a consult. This is educational, informational. We'd love to have a conversation with you, but it's not legal advice here. That setting is in the office or via Zoom. When you call 866-DADS-LAW to schedule that consultation, or you can go online at cordellcordell.com for more information. So we'll continue to do that and check out our virtual town hall coming up here very quickly. You have to go to cordellcordell.com. It is free to attend where you can log in and get a panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys. You can ask questions and get answers live, but you have to register and it is free. So check out the virtual town hall coming up. It's the Divorce School for Men. So it's going to be really fun. We'll spend about an hour talking about a lot of different ideas and topics. So again, CordellCordell.com. And today, I'm joined by Colby. Welcome out of Oklahoma. Thank you for having me, Scott. Let's talk started. about something. Yeah, that's great. This is a topic we have not talked about. It's fun. I always say this, and you'd think we run out of topics in the last 18 <laughs> months, and we haven't. This is a good one. Uh, common law marriage. I get this question a lot, um, yeah. you know, and it depends on the state in which you live in, or it doesn't, because a lot of people don't understand what it means. They've heard the words thrown out, oh, we're in a common law marriage. You know, Missouri doesn't recognize common law marriage. Illinois did. So let's talk about the history of it, and then we'll kind of go through it and really break it down to see, for guys listening right now, does this apply to you, and how, and uh, what are the advantages, and what happens with it? So let's just talk about the history real quickly. Sure, sure. So history of common law marriage, you know, common law being the key two words there, uh, came from us, uh, from England. It's kind of a carryover, a historical carryover from uh, our, our uh, olden days, if you will. Um, and the, the idea behind it, at least, you know, from early America, was that it, it was sometimes it was difficult to find somebody who was, you know, licensed to, to actually marry somebody. Um, uh, with the advent of technology, now that's easy. I, I can apply online right now and, and, and become a ceremonial pastor and, and marry someone, you know, the next week. But back in the day, that was kind of difficult to, to find somebody on such short notice in many times, in many, many situations. So uh, it was, it came about as a, as a practice of convenience. Um, and also religion played a part of it. Uh, there was a stigma to having children outside of marriage and outside of wedlock. Uh, so they wanted to have a process by which people could be pronounced married, married so that way their children would be legitimized. So that's kind of the historical context, and, and as you mentioned before, uh, it's developed over the over a period of time now, where many states don't recognize it any longer because they just find there's just, there's no no need for it. Uh, I live in one of one of ten states that still does recognize it, and we'll we'll kind of go through the requirements of, of that in my state here here shortly. But yeah, that's kind of the, the, how it's how it's uh, transpired over the years. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's You hear a lot uh, of people that either claim to have or be in a common law marriage, or they don't even know that they are. Mm-hmm. And perhaps yeah. that could be as detrimental as, as uh, trying to be in one as well. So let's see, there's a guy probably listening and thinking, I may be one of those that's in a common law marriage. What does that really mean? So let's walk through the requirements. We can just talk about Oklahoma, because that's where you're licensed. I know they vary state by state. And uh, all of it, just like any other family law matter, will vary. So let's break down the, the the elements of it and the requirements. Okay, yeah, great. You're you're right, absolutely right. If if you're listening to this 
podcast and you think, oh no, maybe I'm in a, a common law marriage, you know, you, you need to go consult with the with the licensed family law attorney in your state to, to, to see what the requirements are. Uh, because some do have a, a temporal requirement, you have to live together for a period of time. Uh, in Oklahoma, where I practice and where I'm licensed, uh, there is no such requirement. Um, it literally is if the parties have a meeting of the minds at the same time, if, if, the, if the husband, wife come together at some point in time and, and, and uh, have, a, have a, a mutual understanding that they're married, they're married in that instant. Um, proving that can be quite difficult, of course, as you can imagine. Proving someone's intention uh, becomes hard. Uh, and that's where the evidence kind of comes in to, uh, to, to establish that fact. But the legal requirement is very simple. Meeting of the minds, you're at, at any point in time, could be a millisecond. <laughs> you are married, and there's no requirement of cohabitation. There's no requirement of, of, uh, of holding yourself out. A lot of people throw that term out there as they believe that's a requirement. We have to hold ourselves out as married. Um, that is more of an evidentiary Require uh, evidentiary issue of, sh of proving that meeting of the minds, but it's not an actual legal requirement in our state. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know the the whole meeting of the minds. It's I, I see it as being not only you know obviously subjective, but mm -hmm. um, really subject to. Oh no, I never really thought ourselves to be married, even though they may have right. said it you know four years ago, and lived like it, and and such such a loose you know term in terms of an element and requirement that. I just changed my mind. No, I never thought we were married and yeah, they'll and prove it otherwise. <laughs> it's funny, man. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, there's actually a judge in, uh, in, in a local uh, county here um, that I'm told it wasn't a case I've been a part of personally, but I'm told that she holds the opinion that if you're in her courtroom and one party denies that they were ever married and one party says, yes, we were common law married, she holds that they weren't because clearly um, if they were, if they truly had a meeting of the minds, then they wouldn't uh, have a disagreement on the issue which I find to be kind of funny. That's after the fact, of course, like you said. Right. Um, you're right. You're right, uh, Scott. Proving uh, meeting of the minds is where the difficulty lies. Proving that yeah. intention is the hard part. Uh, I mean, it is. It's, 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 I'm almost like a judge is punishing the legislature for uh, putting such a weak element in there. And I yeah. get it. It's not for her to you know, get somebody on the stand and try to read their mind. And, and, I, and that leads us into maybe secondary evidence to suggest that there was a meeting in the minds. It could be what designation of a spouse on a will that you says I'm my wife or something mm -hmm. else. Correct. Yeah. That's largely where you, where you get it in the age of technology uh, where all of our lives are on social media, that becomes a big, big element. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you in, in here shortly about a case, a trial I recently had where I was able to prove a common law marriage, which to the benefit of my client. Um, but uh, yes, uh, cohabitation, proving cohabitation uh, becomes crucial. Uh, the biggest, in, in my experience, the biggest uh, crucial piece of evidence is uh, documentation supported to some government agency, like a tax return. Filing, married filing jointly um, creates, a, a, creates a strong presumption that there was an intention to be married because you're either, if you're denying it now, you're either lying, you're either lying now or you're lying to the federal government. Um, yeah. And so you're, those are sworn statements to the federal government or state government, uh, and those can be very, very strong pieces of evidence. Joint ownership of property as husband and wife, uh, designations on medical life insurance policies, uh, listing another person as a spouse, having children together uh, can sometimes be a form of, uh, of, of an intention to be married for just frankly for the public policy of, of legitimizing children. 
even though that shouldn't in itself be a proof of marriage uh, in reality. Uh, in reality, the courts do look at that because they do favor uh, the idea of trying to legitimize children if they can. Yeah, interesting, you know, putting the child's last name as the same as one party or not. It is, as I think about that judge who said, nope, there's no meeting of the minds, obviously. Apparently, there was no, you know, secondary evidence to suggest that they were lying in court. I mean, that's the point is if you're going to be able, if you want to prove it and one party is starting to deny, you better have, as you suggest, some sort of proof that they're living as husband and wife. Um, you know, it's easy. You think about, as you said, property. I'm thinking tenancy by the entireties, you know, maybe list husband and wife on the deed, something mm-hmm. to that effect. Right. Now they may say, oh, I didn't draft it. I didn't read it. But, you know, it's interesting now it just becomes who do you believe more than the other? Um, but I guess then the question becomes, who cares? You know, if they're husband and wife, why does it matter? Are there two uh, forms of divorce, one for uh, legalized marriage and one for lawful common law marriage? You know, it's easy to get married in common law marriage, and it's it's just as difficult to get divorced in a common law as a, as a statutory uh, ceremonial marriage. So, no, there is no difference uh, in 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 uh, becoming divorced when you're talking about a common law marriage versus a ceremonial marriage. You still have to go through the legal process of getting divorced, which can become difficult if you don't even know you're in a common law marriage to begin with. Um, which is uh, it comes up quite a bit if you are common law married and you don't know that you are, and then you go uh, and find somebody new and, be, and and enter into a ceremonial marriage, you're now in a bigamous relationship <laughs> and that you didn't even know about, potentially, if it, if it gets brought up in court, of course, where if it comes out. But, it, it, you know, you brought up a good question. Why does this matter? Why are we talking about this? Um, uh, the, the, there's multiple answers to that. But, you know, as I said before, there's no such thing as common law divorce. So you, you do, once you're determined to be married in one state that recognizes common law marriage, you're now married in all 50 states, even mm-hmm. if that state does not recognize common law marriage uh, because of the full faith and credit clause of our constitution. So yeah. that's, Such a, that's a, a big It's so interesting as you think through it. I mean, it's you guys are thinking, well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But you, know, you mentioned the meeting of the minds. Maybe your state doesn't have that requirement and it has to be something more valid like a you know like you suggested some sort of document some government identification or something to that effect but i'm thinking you know as a what are the advantages of of saying no i I don't think we're married you know i just considered us in a relationship and alimony that's always the one that i always worry about for guys when we have Mm -hmm. conversations about especially in missouri where you know for the most part it's a lifetime award you know uh, getting it terminated absent uh death or remarriage. That's kind of the, the two that will certainly terminate it, obviously. But it's so difficult to get it terminated. It's you know, a little bit maybe less difficult to get it modified and reduced. But alimony is the one thing. It requires a valid marriage, whether it be common law or otherwise, right? Yes, that's absolutely correct. So yeah, it, it depends on the type of relief that you would be getting in a, in a if you have two, if you have kids together. Um, if you're not married, then you would have to seek a paternity action and you're just dealing with the issues of custody, child support, visitation. But if you're married, yeah, the issues of property division, debt division, alimony mm-hmm. are all now on the table. Um, so it's, it's, it's common for a wife to uh, claim common law marriage in order to receive alimony or to try to get half of the, of the marital estate. So the, yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the main reason it becomes important. Um, and you're correct. Alimony is a, is a big factor, termination of alimony. In fact, that's the tr- trial I'm, uh, I had recently where my client had a 
was paying alimony, was ordered to pay alimony. And he actually paid his entire amount of alimony. Um, hmm. But it came come to find out, he thought it was strange that on Facebook, his ex-wife had posted some, some wedding pictures. He didn't know about it. He was, because they weren't friends on Facebook, but he, he learned about it later on. She never told him that she was remarried. She kept receiving the alimony payments, of course. Uh, no, no intention to stop that. Um, so we filed a motion to terminate alimony and, uh, and requested that a judgment be entered for the, for the overpayment, the amount of money that he overpaid her from the day that she remarried. They uh, come to find out they didn't get married uh, ceremonially in the States. They actually went over to Mexico and had a, a beach wedding, um, never formalized it into a marriage certificate or anything like that. But we were able to prove it because on Facebook, she had announced that they were married. Uh, they, had they had lived together following the marriage. She had made several admissions that we were able to get in at trial, um, in which she had to admit to at trial. Uh, that that she was had the intention of being married, and that they both had the intention of being married. So, I mean, ultimately, we, we proved it with Facebook photographs, Facebook admissions, statements made by the uh, the wife of her remarriage. Uh, so, social media played a crucial role in uh, in proving mm -hmm. the common law marriage, and we were able not only to terminate the alimony, but we were able to get a, a large judgment uh, for I think three to four years of overpayments. Wow. Um, Based upon based upon her concealing the fact of the marriage, yeah, amazing. I mean, you know, the guys are thinking, well, you know, if I just deny that we're married, we didn't have a meeting of the minds. That's the end of it. Well, it's not that easy, especially if you live together, you acquired property together, you may have kids together, uh, you may dispense with perhaps the divorce part, but you still got to deal with an equitable action to divide property. Maybe it's real property. You've got custody and child support in a paternity case. You have to establish the uh, mm -hmm. fact that, you know, you are the father. It gets just so much more complicated. Uh, much, so, much, much more, more complicated. Yeah. That's actually, that's true. Um, shouldn't, doesn't affect uh, the, the, whether or not you're married, um, doesn't have too many implications on the, on the child custody case, uh, but it does on everything else. Uh, yeah. it, it can, it can be the difference of, of you know splitting half your stuff or, or keeping all of it yeah crazy well colby yeah. thanks for joining and uh, such an interesting topic and i know guys have more questions but uh because it's such a short time but i appreciate the time today no i appreciate you thank you for having me we'll continue to tune in again twice every week uh, we'll go ahead and drop a new podcast on items just like this for guys uh, in family law and all issues regarding that for before during and after divorce so check us out don't forget the virtual town hall where you can register, log in, hear a panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys talk about divorce school, kind of going through all the elements and just teaching you the basics on divorce and give you some helpful tips and education uh, that you can apply with a consultation with an attorney that practices exclusively in family law like we do here at Cordell and Cordell. If you want to set an appointment, give us a call, 866-DADS-LAW. So until next time, have a great week.